great words for us to hear this morning. I hope you're starting to feel a bit more Christmassy now. We're in December. I did my pinch punch first of the month with my family. I always do a bit of pinch punch, you know. Do you remember that from school? Where you're like, wee! Chance to go and smack your mate. And it was always good. I now do it with my family. It's nice. They just, whoop! So you can get in there first. Quick pinch punch. Um, come on, Matt asked this two weeks ago. Who's got their decorations up now? I have, yeah, look at this. We're all, keep them up, keep them up. We're about 50-50, I reckon. Now, we're, we're creeping up, yeah. We almost thought about it yesterday, but it didn't quite happen, so um, we're, we're holding out. I just want to say how fantastic it was here uh, in the church yesterday with the Christmas fair. Thank you to all of those who were here doing stalls, setting up, setting down, making it all run. Thank you so much, and a big thank you to Kathy Partridge and all the team. So just lovely way of helping us get into Christmas. And thank you also for those last Sunday afternoon that made all of this happen as well. There was a whole lovely team here uh, last Sunday and chaps over in the church car park as well. Just thank you. There's so many things that are just, whoop, <laughs> you turn around and it's done and it's sorted. And um, it just helps us, doesn't it? It helps prepare us for these moments where we can come together and worship Jesus. So thank you. Thank you for all that's going on in the background. All these little things have a kind of drip, drip, drip effect, don't they? We build up slowly uh, to Christmas. We've, we've lit our first Advent candle this morning to remind us of Jesus, the hope, the life coming into the world, that light that shines brightly. And so we prepare drip by drip by drip. We have our ad- Advent candle maybe at home. You have your uh, open your little next box and see what Cadbury's chocolate you get on <laughs> on a Monday morning. You know we open things, we prepare, and yet these stories that we heard this morning, there isn't a gradual preparation. It's boom, God's on the scene, God's arrived. Whoa, what's going on? And I want to dig into that a little bit this morning. Sometimes our lives can feel like drip, 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 and I feel God wants to speak into our lives this morning and really wake us up and shake us up and go, hey, God is alive. God is on the move. God is doing something. That's what these stories tell us of God breaking into the lives of Mary and Joseph. I remember nearly 16 years ago, my life was doing a bit of that. 16 years ago, almost just, we were drip dripping along. We had been living in Leeds, me and Fiona, uh, been teaching in Leeds. Fiona was teaching in Leeds. We had Callum, aged about two and a half, three. Uh, We were trying to sell our house up in Leeds um, because we felt it was right to be back in Devon. Yes, come on, Devon. I'll say that quietly. (laughs) Where my family are and where I was born and raised. You know, I wanted to be back near a family because we our, our second child, Erin, was on the way, and so we thought, Lord, and so I applied for one job, and God opened the door, and we, we moved, uh, well, we tried to move to Crediton, but we couldn't sell our house, it was this drip, drip effect, and yet, suddenly, everything changed, everything was getting busy, we were living with Fiona's mum and dad in the, in the loft of this manse with the roof leaking in Crediton, we didn't have our own home, and then some friends of ours out in a little village called Bo uh, found out in November that there was a, a home that was empty. So we were able to rent this house. So we were paying rent uh, on a house 
in, um, in outside of Crediton and we had our mortgage in Leeds and Fiona wasn't working and we were like, Lords, you're going to have to do something here. The drip effect is getting worse, you know, we're building up this pressure. Erin um, was due to be born on Christmas Day, so that was going to be a, woohoo, that was going to be a nice surprise. That didn't happen. Our Bailey children always like to come a little bit late, so we're, we're a little slow on. So New Year's Eve, along comes Erin. And so all of these things were building up, and yet God broke in. There was a moment where our house sold. Fiona was actually opening the old yellow pages, even back in those days, trying to find and Googling because we didn't have any signal out there. So we were looking through yellow pages, trying to find a removal lorry to to get us back to Leeds. She was going to move back to Leeds. I was going to finish my year teaching and we would just give up on moving to Devon. It wasn't working. It wasn't happening. The day after she opened the yellow page, we got off on our house and God broke in and enabled us to move into Crediton to live there for nine years, to be part of the church, to be part of that community. God breaks in often when we least expect it, doesn't he? And these stories today are some of those stories where God breaks in Things are ticking along normally and you're like, Lord, I need you. I need you to come and do something. That's what we hear in these stories today. The story we're going to be looking at is experiencing Christmas through Mary and Joseph's eyes. We're going to be looking at what was that first Christmas like for them? What was going on? What were they experiencing? Maybe what are we experiencing the moment that looks similar to them? What is the Lord wanting to say to us in this time as well? We have in these verses the announcement of the most marvellous event that happened in the world, the incarnation and birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is a passage which we should always read with wonder, love and praise. My prayer this morning, that as well as wonder, love and praise, we will experience this amazing story of Jesus' birth through their eyes, to understand their perspective a bit more and reflect on what that looks like for us today. Let me just pray as we start. Lord, Lord Jesus, we, we worship you today. We come and we say, Lord, speak to us afresh. Come and break into our lives. Come and shake us up and wake us up where maybe we're not seeing the things you're doing around us, Lord. Would you show us your ways, I pray. Would you come and remind us of your goodness to us, your presence with us, Jesus. We thank you that you are with us right now. Come and speak, I pray, through your Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So there's three moments of transformation that I read in this passage. Here's Mary and Joseph hanging out together, wondering what life is going to look like. And there's three things I want to share. One is that their life went from every day to God's way. That they went from having shame or feeling shame to knowing that they were chosen. And lastly, from a sense of uncertainty, what on earth is going on, to this deep sense of peace. So my first point of looking at from the everyday life to God's way. Um, let's have a little look at Joseph. Here he is. You might not be able to read the, the words. It's all jumped off the screen. Don't worry. That's the Bible passage uh, from Matthew chapter 1 there. If you, it's jogged a bit, but don't worry. Um, 
Joseph, what was life like for him? Well, <laughs> it was hard work, probably, wasn't it? Imagine, you know, every day, working hard with his hands, getting stuck in, doing his carpentry, following the footstep of his father, learning a skill, having a trade, working hard enough to put food on the table for maybe him and looking after his parents as well and providing into that pot. But now he's starting to look towards the future. He's starting life with his wife Mary. He's putting aside funds to ensure that he can provide for her and a potential family in the future maybe. His life must have looked like so many others at that time. Ordinary, steady, predictable. And he's pledged to be married to this young lady called Mary. He's made this commitment to her, this betrothal. It's going to happen. He's committed to her. I sense he loves her. It's that ordinary, steady, predictable way of life. Working, getting married, possibly children. Yet imagine, imagine hearing the news, either from Mary or from others. Did you hear? Mary's pregnant. Mary, that young lady, she's pregnant. What? How on earth did that happen? Who did she sleep with? What happened there? Well, it wasn't me, says Josie. It wasn't me. This can't be right. What's going on? What am I going to do now? The shame, the disgrace. Joseph, as we've read, is a good man. He's described as being just, a righteous man. He's from the line of David. And you must be thinking, well, I don't know what to do. I, 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 I care for Mary. I love her. I, I don't want her to be humiliated. I'll just quietly divorce her. I'll just make it okay. I'll look after her, but I will just quietly step away. That was the ordinary, steady, predictable plan that he had. He was thinking, it's okay, I can manage it, I can sort it, I can take care of it. And you can sense that this plan is already in motion in his head. Verse 20 said, but after considering this, so he's come up with his plan to quietly divorce her, Joseph thinks, yeah, I've got the best way forward. And then God breaks into the situation. How does he do it? He does it while he's asleep. <laughs> Isn't that great? Breaking in, in that moment where we think, right, nothing's happening, I'm just sleeping. There's nothing going on. And yet God breaks in to that moment of sleep. The angel of the Lord appears from in a dream and says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from his sins. Amazing. God is breaking in to Joseph's ordinary, predictable, everyday life. Everything is changing. Everything has gone from drip, drip, drip to boom. <laughs> it's just gone off in his life. His wife's pregnancy is by the Holy Spirit. You can just imagine him go, what? How? How? What is this? Um, okay, uh, I'm going to trust you in this, God. Mary's baby, the baby she's having, is going to save people from their sins. Wow. That's a lot to take in in one dream. God is breaking in. God 
is on the move. And what about Mary? What's happening with her? We have to jump over to Luke chapter 1 for this. Mary, this young virgin girl, is pledged to be married to Joseph. We don't know how she feels about being pledged to Joseph. She's unlikely to have had much say about it. But we do know that he's a good, upstanding man. He's got good roots. (laughs) He's from the line of David. So probably she's done right. She's done okay. Come on. He's a carpenter. He's going to look after me. He's going to provide for me. These were the ordinary, steady, predictable ways. A quote from a chap called H. Melville says this. Mary had undoubtedly, undoubtedly poverty to struggle with. And she was not placed in any uh, conspicuous part where great things would have been done and endured for God. Up until the time of the visit of the angel, she'd probably lived in an unaffected life which presents daily duties, perhaps even the same hardships, the life of the great mass of human beings of whom the world never hears, who, some with more, others with less, of external pressure, rise in the morning to begin a round of humble occupations of which it might bring the close, the morrow will bring the same repetition. In other words, Mary's life was ordinary, steady, predictable. Mary, this ordinary girl, living in normal ways, nothing special, nothing distinct about her, and yet God sent, those words are amazing, God sent, God of heaven, breaks in, the maker of the universe breaks in and directs an angel to come and speak to this young woman in the town of Nazareth. The angel Gabriel appears to her and speaks. She's doing her everyday life when God breaks in and changes everything. Greetings and promise of being highly favoured are declared, chosen to give birth to the saviour of the world, God's own son, Jesus Christ the one whose kingdom will never end. God has transformed the lives of Mary and Joseph. Nothing will be the same again, having encountered God's messenger. The God is on the move. The silence has been broken and God's kingdom is breaking in. God is here. Two people whose lives looked ordinary, normal, predictable, the same as everyone else around them was literally turned upside down as God changed their lives. And hearing this story again has reminded me that God is changing lives today. God is at work. Hallelujah, indeed. He is, isn't he? Isn't it great that God is changing lives today? So lovely to hear from Debbie earlier of coming to the Lord and going, yes, Jesus, you have changed and transformed my life. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you're doing in my life. I love hearing stories of what God is doing amongst us. Christmas is a reminder that God's kingdom has broken in and he's continuing to break in. My life that's ordinary, steady, predictable, which is mostly a good thing, isn't it? Stability is good. But I know there's times where I need God to break in and transform my life to turn me upside down, to wake me up, to shake me up. And so my prayer to God 
would be that he would have his way in my life today. That's always a dangerous prayer to pray, isn't it? We sometimes sing, Lord, reign in me, reign in your power over all my dreams in my darkest hour. You are the Lord of all I am, so won't you reign in me again? We sing these words, but Lord, my prayer today is that we mean them. Lord, reign in me. Come and have your way in my life today, I pray. God is with us. Jesus is here. His spirit is with us. God was changing lives then when he first broke in and spoke to Mary and Joseph. And he's still changing lives today. I believe that. I believe that God wants to break in in new ways in our lives He wants to transform my life, your life, others' lives that don't yet know Jesus. So I'd like us just to pause and just to be still and reflect for a moment. Maybe for you to ask, where do I need God to break into my situations in my life? Maybe you could pray, God, would I be more aware of you in my everyday, ordinary life? would we be able to say like Mary I am the Lord's servant I'm going to give you a couple of minutes just to be still where do I need God to break in to my situations today My next point that I want to just share. Oh, my clicker's gone. Is it gone? It's gone. Click on. There we go. Thank you. Um, let's go back one. Will it go back one, June? Thank you. Um, my next point is that we're going to be thinking about how God comes in and transforms from a place of shame to a place of being chosen. We've already tried to understand that experience and the shock of God breaking into Joseph and Mary's life. But can we try and experience what it must have been like to live with that whisper, that knowing look, that blatant challenge of a young lady being pregnant? Imagine Mary trying to explain to people that she was a virgin and yet she was pregnant. It was a miracle. It was from the power of God himself. What would they be thinking of her? She's crazy. She's deluded. Who's she kidding? Who's she making up this story about God coming upon her by the power of the Holy Spirit? What's that about? Who's she trying to fool? She must have felt that judgment and that shame on her life. For Joseph too, that shame of choosing to stay betrothed to Mary, standing by her side and going, I'm with you. I'm in this with you together. Imagine what people would have been saying behind his back. That Joseph, is he, is he crazy? Is he still staying with Mary? What's he doing? Just, just get rid of her. Move on. What's he thinking? Go and find someone else. Both would have experienced ridicule, taunts, jeers and sneers, I'm sure. Yet they knew the truth. 
They had had a revelation from God. They They knew that God was at work in their lives. They had been chosen by God. That was the truth that they needed to know. God had spoken and they were listening to his words. They were listening to the words of the Lord. They weren't listening to the whispers and the jeers and the sneers of others. And Mary hears these words in the passage that we've heard. Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. What amazing words for her to cling on to. You are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. She must have held on to that and just said, Lord, I need to hear those words again. Thank you that you spoke them over me. They could put up with that shame that others were heaping on them because they knew they were chosen by God. They'd been appointed for this special task. These are the words that the angel Gabriel said. Mary was greatly troubled at the initial words. We are not surprised. Uh, But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. Wow! What an honour, what a privilege for Mary to be chosen by God for this role. Yet they would have to live with the challenge of being misunderstood, ridiculed and even exiled and on the run as as refugees after Jesus was born. But in all these exclusions, all these misunderstandings, they would have held tight to those first memories. They would have recounted the time when they were visited by the angel. I can imagine Joseph retelling the story, going, Ah, I remember, I was just nodding off to sleep. I was exhausted after such a hard way. That cabinet was a nightmare. That hinge, that joint was never going to fit. I was shattered. My head hit the pillow. And I was gone. And as soon as my head hit the pillow, I heard this voice. The angel of the Lord appeared and spoke to me. I can hear the words now. I was told to take Mary as my wife, that I was having this baby, and that she was conceived by the Holy Spirit, that he would be called Emmanuel because God is with us. And that dreams become a reality. It happened just as I was told. And Mary would have told her stories too. She would have needed reminding of God's goodness and plan for her life. She would have told of that visitation of the angel Gabriel, being so afraid and frightened, couldn't believe that she'd been chosen and greeted in this way, in stunned silence and shock that she would give birth to a son and call him Jesus, that he was the king of the Most High. He was God's Son. And just as I recounted that story of me trying to sell my house, moving to Leeds, our stories are powerful, aren't they? Our stories hold us and ground us. These stories from the angel must have been that assurance and strength that they needed. quote says this, Beginnings matter. They matter for my story with God. When I get lost, recalling them helps me, helps me retrace my steps. When I'm discouraged, they remind me of what God did before. God can do again. When we feel foolish, when we're ridiculed for our faith, when we're rejected because of Jesus, 
we can recall the times of his faithfulness. We can recall the stories of God's call on my life and of your life. Our stories are powerful. God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise, isn't that great? (laughs) And he chooses me and you. These foolish people that go, yes, Jesus, I put my trust in you. God chose the weak things in the world to shame the strong. Thank you, Lord, that I am weak, because in you I am strong. Lord, you didn't choose me. This is Jesus speaking, but I chose you. Know today that you have been chosen by Jesus. You've been called by name, just as Mary and Joseph were met and greeted. Me and you have been called by Jesus. You are chosen. You are precious. You are his child. You are born again with Jesus. Isn't that amazing? That's our story to tell. When things are tough, when things are hard, tell the stories. Tell of God's faithfulness. Tell of God's goodness. Remind each other of those times where God has been at work in our life. And so I'd like us just to pause again. And these words I I read, um, I'll read them out to you because you might not be able to see them very well there. But these were words that I read on Friday, actually, from my daily reading, the Lectio 365. And it said this. Just think about these moments, these stories. I think about my early encounters with God. How did they happen? Through scripture grabbing my heart, a sense of God's presence with me, the words of a sermon or a song. However it was that I first recognised the reality of God, I recall those moments now. Not as nostalgia, but as a reminder to seek God in my present situation. I encourage you to pause and be still and recount those stories Maybe where you're feeling distant from the Lord, just remember his goodness. Remember his faithfulness. Just quieten that whisper that's maybe in your ear, telling you, you're no good, you're rubbish. Hear the words of the Lord that says, you are my child. You are chosen. I am with you. Thank you, God, for choosing me. I'm your, I'm your child. And you're my loving Heavenly Father. You gave your only Son for me so that I wouldn't perish but have eternal life. Thank you for your story in my life, Jesus. Amen. Last point, just to land with wasn't sure whether to share this, but I feel it's important this morning. Um, and a final point of from uncertainty to peace. We often hear in this story, don't we, uh, these words, do not be afraid. And often we hear this in the Christmas story, we go, oh yeah, do not be afraid. And yet it's repeated so many times throughout the Bible. We think, why is it there so often? Well, it's because I need to hear it. (laughs) I need to hear 
I do not need to be afraid. Mary and Joseph must have been scared silly. They were in, had this encounter with the angel and both of them heard the words, do not be afraid. Clearly tells us they were terrified and they had right to be. They were encountering angels and yet they're told, both of them, do not be afraid. And last week we heard similar words from Peter who was speaking from John chapter 20, when Jesus first appears to his disciples, he says, peace be with you. And I just wonder today whether we need to hear these words afresh. Do not be afraid. Peace be with you. These words can change our experience from uncertainty. Lord, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know your peace. That peace that passes all understanding. That peace that enabled Mary to go, I am the Lord's servant. May your word, word to me be fulfilled. Here I am, Lord, wholly available. That's what the peace of the Lord brings. Even when our tomorrow looks uncertain and unsure and all over the place, we can go, Lord, thank you for your promise to me today. I do not need to be afraid. You are with me. Your peace is in my life. So I pray for us right now that we would know the peace of the Lord, that we would experience that deep peace in our lives, the peace that even though our life is drip, drip, dripping along, the Lord wants to break in. Even in uh, all that goes on when God breaks in, we can still know that deep peace in our life. We don't need to be afraid. Jesus has come. Jesus is with us. Jesus is coming again. want to pray as we close and maybe there's something in these three points that I made that maybe you're someone here today that's like Lord I just need you to break in to my life to change my ordinary every day I just just want more of you Lord I'm open to what you have for me and my life I long for you to break in and change things um, as we were praying before the service we had two pictures and I, I just want to share them uh, one was of of a boulder that was kind of, someone was trying to push back this boulder and every time they pushed on the boulder it just seemed to slump back. And the other one was that well-known verse and picture of, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And that door is latched and locked at the moment. Um, And those two pictures really resonate with what I've said in terms of the Lord wanting to break in. We can't do these things in our own strength, but I sense God by his Holy Spirit wants to push that boulder out of the way, wants to unlock that door and say, come on in, Jesus. Come on into my life. Have my way. Have your way in my life. Lord, reign in me today. May that be our prayer. So maybe that's for someone. I'd love to pray with you and others would pray with you as well at the end of the service. That would be great. And Maybe you just need to know that story of, God, would you remind me of your faithfulness of being with me? Maybe you need to know that deep peace, that do not be afraid moment that both Mary and Joseph had. We invite the band just to come and help lead us as we respond and as we prepare to come around the Lord's table. We're going to sing together, Jesus be the centre of it all. And I encourage you when we get to the second verse, it's a real prayer for us to go, Jesus be the centre of my life.
from beginning to the end, it will always be, and it's always been, it's always been you, Jesus. Make that our prayer today. Lord, be the centre of my life. Um, Let's stand as we sing this prayer together. Let's stand if you're able.